Welcome along to this episode 30 of our deliciously floral and factually fabulous podcast with me, Lucy Nolan, and over the internet from one side of Sussex to the other, I am pleased to say we have the wonderfully talented and creative flower genius that is Paulie Hawkins. Hello there, Paulie. How are you? Hello there, Lucy, darling. I'm very well, thank you. How are you today over there in uh, East Sussex? I am extremely well, thank you very much. A little bit blustery today. And uh, as it's the weekend, we're recording this today, everybody, on a Saturday afternoon. So um, got one of the kids in the kitchen, uh, directed him to make cake, cake of the week. He was allowed to choose. So we have on the cake stand a rather delicious Victoria sandwich courtesy of Rory this week. I'm so nice. jealous. I want that. I'm all I've had today on the cake front is a little bit of flapjack in Petworth. There's a lovely place there called the Hungry Guest, and they make the most lovely, lovely flapjacks. Um, but mm. this is our thirtieth episode, Lucy. I know, I know. Well, I thought and you I... know what that means. What does that mean? Yeah, sorry, darling. You need to have a pearl necklace on, darling, because pearl pearl is thirtieth anniversary. Quick pearl necklace. I think it would look very pretty on you. Thank you very much. Don't mind a pearl necklace, have to say. Um, so, yes, well, here we are then, Paulie. And it's also a bit blustery, this end of Sussex. How is it with you? Well, blustery. It's The windows are banging. The leaves are shaking around. I'm not shaking, but swirling. It's kind of all happening. It's a little bit kind of tempestuous, I think the word is. But nice to batten down mm -hmm. the hatches, light a fire, and think about a big glass of red wine later. But um, Ooh, I agree. on to our lovely, lovely flowery focus this episode, Lucy. And um, I'm a huge fan of these beauties for so many reasons. This week, everyone, we are going to talk about the tuberose. That's it, the tuberose. Ah, it's such a pretty and delicate looking flower. Um, but they are right divas, Lucy. They really, really are. Those cream coloured bells certainly pack a scented punch. It's a heady mixture of, I suppose it's gardenia, a bit of clove, a bit of pepper, rose, jasmine. I mean, that's how I'd describe their amazing scent. Are you are you a fan of the old uh, tuberose, Luby Lou? I can't say I have ever used them in their floral form, but I am aware of them because, as you say, with their scent, when I think of going into a department store, Peter Jones or or similar, and popping into the lovely um, counters where you can get lovely candles and scented drawer liners for your drawers, um, tuberose does seem to feature as a scent. And I suppose that's why, because it's so lovely. Yes, yes. I mean, it really, really is. And I think if listeners, if you haven't come across the scented tuberose, I think just try and scent it out also in some kind of way. I mean, it's just mm. the scent is just brimming with exoticism. It's it's sort of seductive and it's kind of mystic and makes me think of faraway places. I mean, people either lovely. adore the scent or I know, lovely. I'd love to be in a faraway place right now. But people either love it or loathe it. Stevie, my other half, he's not a fan. So sadly, I have to sneak them into the house when he's not here, which is a bit boring. But um, I think they're great for me as a florist. They're great to pop in an enormous decoration just to give it a lovely flowery whiff, especially in kind of a hallowed place of worship. They're, they're just perfect, nestled into a great big wedding decoration, mingling with other scented roses and just mixing it up with my normal, you know, go-to eucalyptus or flowering witch hazel. That has a lovely smell. Mm. But um, mm. yes, 
I mean, they are amazing. And I, I, I just reminds me a few years ago, um, a client of mine took over the whole of the Waterside Inn, which is that great big place um, on the Waterside, funnily enough, down by the Thames in Bray. And it was a massive party organised by <clears throat> legendary party planner William Bartholomew. And he did all those kind of wonderful parties back in the Lady Die days. Um, anyway, mm. he's a legend and does a great party. But um, it's owned by the Rue brothers and just amazing food and wine. It's just staggeringly lovely. But um, back to the client who had the party there. They had a love affair with tuberose and we just had to bedeck the place with them. Vast decorations mm. using enormous mm. swathes of these scented beauties and literally pantechnicans of them arrived from Holland to the Waterside Inn and um, actually it's always such a relief when the flowers actually arrive you know you're thinking that's a good sign <laughs> yeah, um, but um, yes a big few but we did massive arches filled with them we covered the pillars in the place and I um, we just filled towering urns it did look stunning um, however it was rather a balmy night with intense heat and that scent with the heat and the sort of the balminess. And a, a couple of the guests had a funny old turn because they got a bit overcome by the heady aroma. But um, oh, we love the waterside in. Yes, I mean, it is quite heady and intoxicating. I mean, don't you find that as a scent, Lou? Um, I don't think I've ever experienced it in such a large portion, I suppose. I suppose if you had just that and everywhere and it was, as you say, a balmy, warm evening, I can imagine it being a little bit too much, really. Mm. especially if it, yeah. if it is hot um i mean yes. the chicest thing i ever did with them was um he said modestly was down doing a wedding in the south of france and it was a beautiful ancient little village church up in the hills near grass um mm. and we had bunches of solid tuberose as puens and we Ooh, mixed them lovely. with rosemary i know it was absolutely beautiful we mixed them with um rosemary and bay and um, the bridesmaids had them in their circlets um, and the smell was adorable. And the, the puens were tied with raffia with a lovely knot. So it was quite mm. rustic and a bit kind of scrummy. And they, they also ran me of Tangier. My, we go and stay often with my lovely friend Gavin, um, who's got a house, Gavin Houghton, the decorator. Um, and the bustling market there is always kind of full of buckets and buckets of tuberose. And it's just such a fabulous sight. And uh, of course, the bewitching scent. Um, and I actually do use them as inspiration for my lovely scented candles, which do have a tuberose scent. Just I throw that one in. So um, <laughs> bring on the tuberose, Luby Lou. Bring it on. Mm, yes, I have to say, we do have one of your wonderful rose and tuberose candles in the bathroom. And it does make for a very relaxing evening with a candle in the bath with that wonderful waft of tuberose filling the air. So thank you for that. I do enjoy that myself. Oh. Thank you, Lucy. So I think moving you need on. another one. <laughs> I think I do. Um, so moving on, the uh, Agave Amica, formerly Polyanthus tuberosa, is the horticultural name for the tuberose. The name of the flower is in fact misleading as it has nothing to do with the rose. It's actually a distant relative of the hyacinth. So that's quite interesting. It's mm -hmm. a perennial plant. Mm, it's a perennial plant in the family of the Asparaceae, so that's part of the asparagus family. 
and it extracts and its extracts are used as a note in perfumery, as you've mentioned there, Pauline. Originally from Mexico, the flower subsequently conquered Morocco, Egypt and China. Then in the 17th century, it was exported to Europe and India. It was instantly a favourite ingredient for various perfumes and was extremely popular in the French court. Madame de la Valliere, one of Louis XIV's mistresses, wore tuberose in corsages in her hair. The common name tuberose de derives from the Latin tuberosa, meaning swollen or tuberous, in reference to their root system or tubers. And if you do like fragrant flowers, you will absolutely love this plant. Pretty white, waxy double blooms that form in clusters on loose spikes, held on upright stems above slender green foliage throughout the summer. But it is glorious and heady with a sweet scent that is known that it's known very well for. Cut a few stems and the fragrance will fill your room. Pass it in the garden and the perfume will be intoxicating. And it's easy to see why it's widely used in perfumes. Mm, nice. Lovely. And if you want to grow tuberose yourself, then you'll need to start by purchasing the tubers. Very interesting. I didn't realise they had such great big tubers from which they grow, I suppose, like a dahlia. Um, but any mm. good garden centre will have these or just search online and get them delivered to your door. Love that. OK, a polyanthes tuberosa, the pearl, otherwise known as the Hawaiian garland flower. Tuberose is a great one to try. That's a really good one, the Hawaiian garland, apparently. Mm. Mm. Plant the tubers 10 centimetres deep and 20 centimetres apart and keep under glass until they are at the risk of frost Blah, blah, blah. The risk got the wrong teeth into daily <laughs> until the risk of frost has passed. It can take time for them to emerge, but once they do, you can then either plant them out in your border or keep them in a pot for the conservatory or patio. Water moderately while they are in active growth and feed them with a balanced liquid fertilizer, such as Miracle Grow or maybe a nice organic one, at fortnightly intervals. That's nice. And as they die down in the autumn into winter, then you stop feeding them, reduce the water and make sure the tubers are either lifted or the pots move to frost free conditions during the winter. I suppose a bit like dahlias, darling, don't you reckon? Mm, they, they seem to have a, a similar vibe, I would say, a tuber mm. um, start off. And yeah, sounds very similar. Well, that was all very interesting. I loved that, Paulie. Thank you for that. Um, mm. So this this week for our fabulous flowers fun facts we are going to look into the origins and uses of the plant and floral essential oils. There's plenty of historical evidence that proves that essential oils were used by the Egyptians, the Greeks, the Romans and the Persians. In ancient Egypt, for example, essential oils were used for mummification and for embalming bodies, while other plant oils were also used for the mental relaxation and therapeutic use. Hippocrates, referred to as the father of medicine, used and experimented with herb oils to relieve pain and some various ailments. He promoted the beneficial effects of herb oils by advocating oil baths, oil massages and cosmetics prepared from essential oils. There is a consensus that the use of herbal oils first originated in Egypt for mummification or embalming and then spread to the Greeks and the Romans who used the oils to treat wounded gladiators. The Romans were good chemists and were very well versed in the art of extracting oils from plants and flowers. 
They made new compositions of oils by importing raw material from East India and Arabia. The most important discovery made in Persian civilization was the steam distillation of plants, which produced true essential oils. Earlier methods had only produced herbal water. Ibn Sinya invented a pipe in which the plants were steam distilled to create a medicine. He was also the first one to distill alcohol and perfume. All right, so he's very important if he's distilling alcohol and perfume, Paulie, wouldn't you? We love him. <laughs> mm, I think so. There's also evidence in Chinese medicine that the use of herbs for treatment of various ailments was, in fact, there. The use of herbal medicines by the Chinese coincides at the same time as the period in the Egyptians. In the 19th century, many industries were established that produced essential oils, which were then marketed as perfumes and cosmetics. The history of aromatherapy can be noted in India in the form of treatment called... How do you pronounce that, Paulie? Ayurveda. Ooh, I'm going to let you do that because you're good at that, Lou. <laughs> do it. The history... The history of aromatherapy can be noted in India in the form of treatment called Ayurveda, which is about 3,000 years old. Hmm. Even today, this form of medicine is very popular. Karela, a state in India, is famous for producing medicinal plants and essential oils. The medicinal qualities of those herbs are well known and attract people from all over the world for treatments of various diseases. Clary sage, geranium, Helichrysum, lavender, Roman chamomile, and lang lang. I thought he was a uh, violinist or a cellist. <laughs> On the piano, I think, lang lang. It was a piano. Yeah, there we go. I knew he tingled yeah. an ivory in some way. Um, anyway, they're also all floral oils. Frequently used in perfumes, these oils come from the flower of the plant of their origin, whether it be a herb or a tree, with the exception of geranium. And that comes not only from the flower, but also from the rest of the geranium, geranium plant. So I suppose leaves, stems and all. God, I, that sounds amazing. I can almost smell all these delicious scents, Lou. And actually, when I was in Sri Lanka a few years ago, I had a few Ayurvedic massages and unbelievably gorgeous, just transported somewhere else. But there's nothing quite like the fragrance of flowers in full bloom on a quiet summer evening. Cutting fresh flowers for your home brings the scent inside for a while, but it soon fades, leaving you with nothing but memories. But um, with a few inexpensive supplies and a little time, you can preserve the fragrance of summer flowers by extracting their scent with oils to use as perfume or to scent your home throughout the year. So, step one. Are you, are you sitting there? Are you, are you paying attention, Lou? I am paying attention. <laughs> step one. Good girl. No fidgeting. Step one. Pick flowers early in the morning when the oils are at their peak. Blooms that are just beginning to open contain the most fragrance. Avoid flowers that are in full bloom as their scent has begun to fade. Step two, remove the petals from the flower and place in a, well, in a kind of a, a plastic food storage bag, I'd say. Hmm. Yes, I'd say resealable one. Yeah. Seal the bag. Um, then tap it lightly with a wooden mallet to bruise the petals and release those and release those wonderful fragrance oils. Step three: place the petals in a glass jar and cover with oil. Olive oil is an inexpensive oil that works well as a carrier oil. Sweet almond oil oh, sounds very Shakespearean. Sweet almond oil is a bit more expensive, but adds a pleasing, distinctive fragrance of its own. 
Then shake the jar to distribute the oil. Step 4. Set the container on a sunny windowsill and allow the flower petals to soak in the oil for about 24 hours. Gently shake and strain through a double layer of cheesecloth and discard the old petals. Step 5. Prepare new petals following steps 1 and 2 and cover with the oil you've, you've already used. Ah, yes, yes. Allow the petals to steep for 24 hours. Repeat the process using the same oil for three days or until the fragrance reaches the desired strength. Fascinating. Mm. Step five, store your fragrant oil in a glass bottle in a cool, dry place. Use in potpourri or crafts or dab it on as a little bit of a perfume. Love that. Making your own scent. Mm. I think that's a lovely idea. And also, I suppose you could do a little nightlight candle, couldn't you? And put a little... Um a dish over the top mm. and just pour a few drops of that scented oil in and just release it round your room or in the garden in the summertime I mean, when you're having a barbecue. It is a labour of love, but it sounds like, um, I mean, very rewarding. Hmm, I would say so too. That sounds like something I might actually give it a try, Paulie. I think I might go out with Orla, my gorgeous daughter, into the garden and see what sort of scents we can create. In fact, mm -hmm. we do have a wonderful contributor to this podcast who can inspire and enlighten us on all things essential when it comes to oils. And that is the wonderful Louise Kelly. Louise is a great friend of mine and lives in beautiful Ireland. And here's what she had to say about essential oils. Hi, my name is Louise Kelly from Louise's Essential Oils. I just love essential oils. I am really delighted to have been asked by Lucy and Paulie at Fabulous Flowers TV to contribute to their podcast featuring essential oils. Having used essential oils in the past, I was so inspired and impressed by them that I decided to make them my business as well as my passion. Working from home is a must for me, being the mother of two small children. I love the positive feedback that I get from my customers. Sometimes the oils have life-changing effects for them. In a recent case, a 45-year-old woman had her first night's unbroken sleep for 20 years using the calming influence of a lavender oil mix that I made for her. Essential oils have been around for a long time in one form or another, but the quality of these has varied a lot. On a basic level, our sense of smell has a major influence on memory, creation and our mood. And the impact of the concentrated aroma from essential oils on people is amazing. From uplifting to calming, from awakening to balancing, the various blends and mixes can be made to suit every need. While essential oils emanate from a wide variety of plants, those from a floral basis have been very popular and widely used. One of my favourite floral oils is lavender. This amazing oil, which is one of the most commonly used, aids verbal expression and calms the mind. Lavender addresses a deep fear of being seen and heard, it can be used by inhaling, or my favourite is to diffuse beside my bed for a great night's sleep. My new perfume is geranium essential oil made up in a roller bottle. This oil is great for restoring confidence in the innate goodness of others and the world. Also great for trusting, forgiving and loving. I can't talk about flowers without mentioning rose oil, which holds a higher vibration than any other oil on the planet. I roll rose oil over my heart for receiving divine love and healing. Through the social media and internet meeting platforms, I find it is so easy to teach people from different parts of the globe about the physical and emotional benefits of these amazing oils. Even though I live in Ireland, 
you can always join me on Zoom for a class. And I will show you how easy it is to get these oils into your life and your home. Thank you again to Lucy and Paulie at Fabulous Flowers TV for inviting me on. I've really enjoyed sharing my knowledge and passion for essential oils. So wonderful to hear from Louise. And I must say, she really is inspiring and uplifting. Um, what, a, what a wonderful contributor. Lucky us. And I just love mm. that soft Irish lilty voice. But why not pop over to her Instagram and her Facebook and see what's there? Um, you maybe you could get a gift for a family member or even for yourself. And uh, who doesn't love a little bit of an oil burner at bath time? How lovely to have such a, a fragrant filled treat. Do you think, Lou? Mm, absolutely agree with that, Paulie. And please do follow Louise over there in Ballycastle, County Mayo in Ireland. She is amazing. You can find her and all her essential oils on Facebook. Just search for Louise's Essential Oils. And on Instagram, she is at Louise Essential Oils with an S on the end or one word. So please do give her a look. Give Louise a follow. She started that business out of her own passion. And we at Fabulous Flowers TV love to support people who have a passion and make it their lives. So follow Louise, support Louise. And that would be great. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Louise is rather super mum. Sheila O'Shea is pretty amazing too, actually. Lucy. I'm having met her, she's another great Kerry woman. And we see her from time to time when we're over there in beautiful Banavala. Absolutely gorgeous, mm. really lovely, such full of love and gorgeous Irishness. Anyway, away from wistful, wonderful Kerry for the time being and a quick Fabulous Flowers TV social media catch up. We're loving all the Instagram and Facebook creations we're being sent, so please keep them coming in. And as we are now more than halfway through creating our 12 festive film mats, and I'm really enjoying doing those, we'd love to see some of your ideas for any festive or Christmas ideas that you've got in the pipeline. So do please send them to us. Tag us at Fabulous Flowers TV, all one word, and we'd love to take a look. We're feeling very, very festive, and I think we're getting going early this year, aren't we, Lou? Oh, yes, it's never too early for us at Fabulous Flowers TV, and I think particularly this <laughs> year, I say bring it on, get the sparkle out, uncork the old whatever the beverage of choice might be, and let's go. Mm. Um, and I, I do have to say, though, Paulie, although I am somewhat biased, some of these festive creations and tips and tricks you have been demonstrating over the past few weeks that I have been filming are truly incredible. I'm learning so much as we put film after film together. And the things you are doing, Paulie, are just spellbindingly, fabulously joyful and Christmassy. So everyone is going oh, to love those. Thank you. They're going to love those. That's the beauty of all these films. Everyone will be able to have a go at home with friends or your mum or your partner or kids and anyone really. They're short, instructional, fun filmettes that will mean you can wow and amaze yourself and all those around you this Christmas with some sparkle and spend a few minutes creating something really, really rewarding and gorgeous and quite relaxing to do. And it's just good for the soul, I'd say. Also, Lucy, you did mention that in the final few, soon to be filmed, we'll also be mixing a few things up and testing out a few fabulous Flowers TV cocktails, won't we? So um, that should definitely spice it, spice it up a little bit, definitely. <laughs> Looking forward yes, to that. Yes, I think so. Uh, yes, I did indeed mention the C word. Um, we do love a cocktail here at Fabulous Flowers TV, and I think this time I'll be in charge of making the cocktails while you put together the last few gorgeously festive doings. I can pass you the flowers and the glitter 
whilst mixing the Cosmos and the champagne cocktails. And you can show everyone how to make Christmas completely fabulous with flowers whilst I drink. Uh, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Indeed, Lucy, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Sounds like a whole heap of festive fun and follicles to me, and I can't wait. I shall be selecting my wardrobe very carefully for those films. And uh, how about you? Any uh, particular festive uh, accents in mind for you, darling? I think we'll just have to wait and see, Paulie. I don't like to think too far ahead, nor spoil the surprise. But I'd better be off because I need to make a list for those cocktail ingredients for my next online shop. And while you make the most of all those flowery, wonderful, festive ingredients for your list, I think that's us done. So on that note, until next time for our next Fabulous Flowers TV podcast, it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. And a big goodbye from me. Bye. Lovely. Darling, can I just say I love the essential oil thing. Really loved it. Oh, did you? Oh, and yes. yes. Really interesting spin. I mean fabulous. <laughs> <laughs>